Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. Today our guest is Dr. Roy Fouch, who's been on here three different times. We have truly appreciated his professionalism as a psychologist and as one who has brought a lot of useful information. Dr. Roy Fouch is a licensed professional clinical counselor with a PhD in psychology. And he has worked for over 45 years in the mental health field as a program and clinical director and is currently director of mental health services at the Hamilton County Justice Center in Cincinnati. He also has a private practice as a Christian counselor specializing in marriage and family counseling. And he does a fair amount of volunteer work, particularly with a program we have here in the Cincinnati area with the Cincinnati East Church called the Light of Hope the light of hope where we help various people. So welcome to the Cubic Report. Hey, I'm glad to be here with you again. It's always a pleasure to talk about some of these really important issues that are facing uh, society today. And and we really appreciate your being so willing, uh, Dr. Fouch. I'll call you Roy. We call each other by first name here. I just really appreciate your taking the time to be able to do this podcast because you are one of our favorite people to listen to by the number of people who download and listen to the podcasts. So we're going to talk today about the subject of pornography. It's not a pleasant subject and is one that Sometimes as we hear the word pornography, it's like, uh-oh, what are they going to say? It's uncomfortable. It is something that uh, uh, just makes people uncomfortable. It's a very, very hidden thing. Uh, people aren't proud of it. They don't talk about it. Even like other addictions and problems, you know, people can maybe be open about them. But pornography, people don't like to talk about this. They don't like to admit to, to it. And uh, it's a problem. So I'm very, very thankful that... Dr. Roy here is willing to talk about this subject and discuss what we can do to help people. First of all, let's define what is pornography and also give us some idea of the magnitude of it in our society. Well, pornography are pictures, videos, writings, or other material that is sexually explicit. It often involves the depiction of erotic uh, sexual behavior uh, as in pictures or writings, intended to cause sexual excitement. Now, the word pornography actually comes from two Greek words that mean prostitute and writing. So the original meaning was writings about prostitutes. Now, this was a, an original uh, term, but today uh, there are certainly lots more avenues for which this material can be accessed, you know, with... Uh, the internet, uh, television, and, and various other technological means. A person today can actually access pornography 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the privacy and secrecy of their own home. So it's made it extremely easy to access this information. Now, pornography is pernicious. What that means is it's destructive. And what is it destructive to? It's destructive to the mind and to the heart of the viewer. Even if they're not addicted to it, it can have a negative impact upon them and their relationships with other people and with their own sense of self, because you know you kind of touched on the uh, shame aspect of pornography, because many people know it's not okay, even though society today tries to let people know a little bit of pornography, a little bit of sexual 
excitement is not a bad thing. And some people even assume that doing it in the privacy of their own home with their spouse is okay. But it is not okay because it often becomes progressive and can lead to other behaviors that are destructive to that relationship and can cause people to want to participate in things that are certainly not morally good. So this is just kind of a brief definition of what it is and some of the negative impacts that it has on us as humans. Well, certainly you've, you know, it was when we were young, you know, we didn't have internet and, and didn't have video recorders. And then when video recorders came on the scene, one of the biggest reasons people had those things was so that they could get pornography uh, in, in their home. And it's really stretched out to where there's a lot less shame with it. And it's gotten harder and harder. I mean, it's gotten to be pornography that is just delving into those things that are just mind boggling with people do. And as the book of Galatians says, things we should never even talk about. But what, to what extent is society uh, engulfed in pornography? Some statistics that I've seen are just very shocking about the fact that it isn't just a small percentage of people. Uh, it's, it's a huge number of people that in one form or another become involved in it. And then there's also another question is that how many of these people become addicted to it, which, which we'll get into a little bit later. Well, you see different statistics, um, and there are a lot of statistics out there. So, um, but one place that I looked indicated that anywhere from 50 to 99% of men do some porn consumption and that 30 to 86% of women uh, do, do the same thing. So it, they're, they're delving into it and it, and it's so easy. I'm sometimes when I'm looking at my sports news, which I enjoy, <clears throat> next thing I know they're, they're, they're showing sites that I can get into to, to look at women in various situations. So some of these entities out there who are trying to hook you into it, uh, you know, they, they can be in a neutral site and still show you something that you might want to just, just take a little peek. And that little peek leads to another peek. And then after a while, it can be even worse. Now, one of the statistics I find stated that 25% of all search engine requests are pornography requests, and that there are as many as 68 million of these per day. Other resource said that there are 200,000 porn addicts in this country, but there are 40 million porn consumers. So you can see these numbers are staggering. And I I would, I would suggest that these numbers are getting more and more because there are a lot of reasons why people seek porn, and we'll be getting into that in a little bit as well. So why do people use pornography, and, and really, what are the dangers? Well, I think, you know, you have to understand why people seek it out. First of all, it's, it's easily accessible. Sometimes people start out as curiosity. What I'm finding today is that a lot of people started accessing pornography when they were young, teenagers, or even earlier than teen years. And they did it more as a way of just wanting to get an idea, maybe of what the opposite sex's physical body looks like. And so it started out as curiosity, and then it developed into more acting out behavior. Because so often people begin looking at pornography, it, it leads to masturbation, and then masturbation actually is a powerful reinforcing of the behavior. So what starts out as curiosity then becomes 
a way to reduce stress. It can be a way of making yourself feel better about, uh, I, I remember one time I had him tell me, in that world, I'm king. So he would go into his fantasy world and maybe didn't feel adequate in some area of his life, whether it was in his marriage or his sexual relationship or whatever. But when he viewed the pornography and the fantasy associated with it, he felt like he was on top of the world. There are other, I think, loneliness. I think things like depression. I have a feeling that this, when we went through this pandemic situation, which could, could arise again to the extent that it was, and people became isolated, I think it became an easy thing to do to experience some pleasure. But some people, like with most addictions, there sometimes is an underlying cause like loneliness, depression, stress, feelings of rejection. And then you have to try to address those issues and find other resources and other means to address those problems that don't involve either a behavioral or a chemical substance that will excite the brain and relieve those, those symptoms just momentarily. And then, of course, like with most addictions, you're right back where you started, only worse. Mm -hmm. What is shown on television right now, you might have a rather normal you know, evening programming, and then all of a sudden you see previews for movies really show virtually close to pornography. I mean, it shows uh, mm -hmm. uh, it shows people at various levels of undress, shows people in various levels of you know illicit sexual, uh, whatever. It, it is it's part of like the news program. <laughs> the rest of the program is news, but then you get these little sessions or the sections that flame up these these thoughts, and they're they're just everywhere. When you take a look at what's been on television in our time, you know, decades ago, uh, it, there was nowhere near near that. We had a different sense of decency, but right now everything goes. Plus, right now, no holds part regarding sex to where it's not wrong. It's not immoral to have these sexual relationships. They're okay. Uh, people talk about their affairs and people talk about uh, these things more openly, uh, even at work and among friends, things that were hidden. And then that makes it, quote, okay, and causes people to reach another level or depth of depravity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's normalizing behavior that w once was thought of as an unspeakable or unshowable in some of the early movies and TV shows. And now, What's happening is there's a progression of acceptance of, of all kinds of behaviors as, as, as being normal because you have segments of society that want to do them and, you know, by saying it's okay, you know, it's okay to participate in these things. But um, unfortunately, it leads to greater and greater forms of, of, of the addiction so that you have people getting into same-sex um, Pornography, you have people getting, I mean, child pornography is, is a very big moneymaker these days. So addictions for many people become progressive. In other words, mm. it takes more and more of whatever it is to, to get the same brain reaction that may have only taken a little bit of something to get the reaction earlier. Well, isn't child pornography illegal and uh, a felony? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, matter of fact, matter of fact, down at the jail where I work, you know, we've had people come through there, people in high positions, even people, you know, in in law enforcement who have been engaged in it. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's uh, increasing like all the other things are increasing the same sex uh, stuff there are sites for that and uh, you know I've known religious people that have been pulled into that one thing I might just comment is that years ago back at Ambassador College we had a course uh, that was about sex and uh, it was it was very interesting is that one of the instructors and he, he gave a very good talk one time that I'll never forget he talked about sex as being not something you take but something you give to show mm. appre appreciation. And mm. he said that uh, sex is the ultimate appreciation that you can show for another person. Mm. I mean, you really have your insides that you share with a person. Mm -hmm. With with uh, pornography, it's all for yourself. You have no regard for the, the, the people. They're just meat you know out there mm -hmm. they're there for entertainment and you know you see the descriptions of las vegas that sex is entertainment mm -hmm. uh entertainment at, at what cost yeah i think uh, i think one of the the saddest aspects of pornography aside from what it does to the to the individual on a on a moral level uh, on a on a mental level is is what it does to to relationships because a lot of times you know, pornography um, is involved in relationships either with people who are dating or people who are married. And if you've ever talked to an individual, and typically it's a woman, but it could be a man too, because uh, women uh, have the same unfortunate attractions to this as men do. It just seems like it's a little more hidden. We, we sometimes think of it as more of a a man issue, but it really does affect women too. But um, yeah, the relationship—it's for the for the person who has a spouse who is is viewing pornography. It's like having an affair. They experience it in the same way. It's it's terribly painful. Uh, it it breaks down trust, and the person begins to feel the spouse begins to feel like there's something wrong with them. Why why does my my spouse, my wife, or my husband? need this instead of you know being with me and and it can even affect the attractiveness one has for one one spouse because times what is presented in pornography are extremes in terms of uh, uh, sexual things that you are seeing and and witnessing and between body types and things like that are are not typically what we would consider the normal mm -hmm. so yeah that's 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 probably one of the most tragic parts of it that it that it, it can destroy a marriage, it can destroy a family if a person allows themselves to uh, to participate in this. It can start off, like I said, very small, and it can grow into something almost cancerous. Right, where the other spouse, the grieved spouse, or the one who is offended, mm -hmm. feels greatly demeaned, being mm -hmm. worthless, when the rest of their life they've been giving to their mate and they were committed to that relationship. What other impacts does it have on, on human relationships? Well, um, I think it, uh, like I said earlier, it, it, it affects trust because, you know, and, and, and intimacy, the emotional intimacy a man and a woman have with each other because if you feel that somebody's getting that joy or that excitement, that wonderful experience that you can have with, with between a man and a woman in a marriage is 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 kind of tainted or it's uh, affected in such a way that it takes a long time to recover from from those kinds of things it has it has a spiritual impact on the person 
In, in other words, it also has an effect upon one's relationship with God because God created sex for a, a husband and a wife to share throughout throughout their marital life. And and God, you know, blessed us with this. And it's something he created. It's a beautiful thing he created. So it also creates problem in our relationship with God because we are doing something that he specifically told us not to do, both physically and mentally, just has a ripple effect upon all relationships and causes a real disconnect between all those entities. I know that uh, one particular woman whose husband had, had died, and uh, she found among his things, you know, after he died, just a stash of pornography. Mm. It was absolutely devastating to her. It was absolutely devastating. She had no idea that her husband was that way. And I feel very, very sad for her because her memories of the relationship, the children that they had, and all that is tainted by what her husband was doing in his private life. And, you know, speaking of that, I've even talked to adults who had their first experiences with pornography in things that they discovered from their father mm -hmm. that their father had hidden somewhere and was using and they they accessed it and the next thing you know as life went on they became addicted as well so it's an, it's another thing and of course you know getting on the computer if somebody you know an adult is on the computer and the next thing you know the the young person's on the computer and they stumble across something and they look into it and you know, there again, it, it causes uh, that person is now all of a sudden starting to, to view something they shouldn't be viewing and not to mention the lack of respect they then over time have uh, disrespect they have for their for their parent. Roy, let's talk yeah. about uh, addiction right now, because mm -hmm. this is now where really you get into helping out. We in the ministry deal with preaching. <laughs> you deal with uh, helping people to be able to get out of their addiction. What makes uh, a person addicted as compared to just becoming involved in it or being entertained, but they could take it or leave it? Just like with alcohol, there are some people that are heavy drinkers, but uh, maybe not all are alcoholics where they just have to have it. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about this, about uh, your experience and treatment. Yeah. Uh, porn addiction is a compulsive uh, need to view pornography despite negative consequences. So most addictions are that way. In other words, you compulsively have to continue doing this. As a result of continuing to do this, it starts affecting various aspects of your life. Obviously, we've talked about marriage and how it affects the, the marriage and, and the family. But I've known people who've lost jobs uh, as a result of, of uh, a pornography addiction. So they were viewing pornography on their work computer, for example. They, they've lost their, their job. Uh, it, can, it can affect people financially because sometimes people will start, you know, getting on some of these chat lines with girls or men, depending, and they spend huge amounts of money to continue having that interaction with, with a real person. Or worst case scenario that you see people who spend tons of money for prostitutes or things things of that nature. So that's that's how the addiction is kind of defined. I think I think the thing with that differs with porn involvement is there's no such thing as a little porn is okay, although society would want you to think that. A little alcohol is yeah, is okay. 
because, you know, the Bible even allows, you know, a place for people to be able to drink if it's done in the right way and the right amounts. But, uh, you know, there's no such, you know, porn is porn, whether it's soft porn or a little porn, it's going to have a negative effect at, at some point. Now, it's much easier to stop if it hasn't become an addiction. You know, in other words, if you, you know, you find out all of a sudden that, you know, it's not good for you, it's affecting, you know, your relationship possibly before it gets too deep into it, or you begin to feel guilt and shame as a result of viewing it. So if you haven't become overly involved in it, and when I say overly involved, I mean, you're spending a large amount of time money and energy viewing it participating in the behaviors associated with it it's much easier to stop but if it's become an addiction then you're going to need treatment and there is lots of treatment out there whether whether you're a religious person or not you can find a therapist a counselor you can find a group many churches nowadays uh, our church for example has has groups that men can go to particularly other churches in, in the Christian communities recognize this as a serious problem, and they have groups. They can be support groups. There can be treatment groups. You know, there's a bit difference between the two. You know, treatment gets more into the, the specifics of the neurochemistry of it. it. It gets much more into helping the individual begin to put some boundaries up between themselves and the behaviors that they, they are engaged in. But yeah, I think when it gets to the addiction level, you definitely need treatment and you need somebody to help you break this. It's almost like a form of slavery because you're serving this master called pornography or sex. And, and it starts to, to rule over your life and take control of your life to where you're doing things that you know aren't right, but you have such a, a need for it that you can't stop. Well, one thing that I'd like to have you address is this. With alcohol, there can be an intervention, for example, where mm -hmm. you know enough people come together and there's a beloved relative or somebody that mm -hmm. they really care deeply about, a friend, that they kind of say, look, enough is enough. Uh, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting all of us, and we're taking you into treatment. It's probably different with, with por pornography. And in a marriage, pornography, the discovery of pornography can have the effect of this relationship is over with. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know of a case where she said, what you did was commit adultery, uh, that besmirched our marriage, I'm out of here. And that was it. I have also worked with others where the wife was uh, somewhat an enabler in a way is that she was very nice about it, trying to be understanding. And he tried to, I think, took advantage of that to, to a certain degree. It was kind of like a problem. But finally, he had to come to himself and say, look, I've got to stop this. I've got to end this. But what can we advise people, whether it be the aggrieved party, the, the party that has been affected negatively, or talking to a friend and help could you uh, offer or suggest that they take? Well, I, excuse me, I think, um, like I said, there are, there are resources out there. I think um, <clears throat> if a spouse, for example, discovers that their, their mate is involved in pornography, for example, they can insist upon them getting treatment. They could get assessed by a professional person who can then 
talk to them about the level of treatment that they might need because not everyone needs the same type of treatment. Like these support groups that I talked about, they, it can be a place where a person can come, they can identify their triggers, they can identify ways of addressing those triggers without, and they can support one another and encourage one another. There are, there are websites that you can go into that can guard your computers. Uh, I think there's one called Triple X. There's, there's several out there. So there are some resources there are things that can notify a person if another person in the household is on uh, on a porn site or whatever. So so there's yeah different levels of intervention depending on the extent to which a person is is involved in it. Um, some some people I mean I've had some people come to me maybe two or three times and we've discussed it. We've talked about the triggers. We've identified you know some strategies for them. <laughs> they implemented those strategies which for many of them there's there's a, a spiritual component to this whole thing because you know we oftentimes cannot overcome addictions without the help of something greater than ourselves which is mm -hmm. the basis for for aa and na and some of these other programs that you know we need god we need a higher spiritual power to help us uh, resist a lesser spiritual power that can actually, you know, uh, in a sense, take control of us through this method, because that negative spiritual power is always looking for ways to kind of trap us into behaviors that are contrary uh, to our spiritual, emotional development. And uh, so, yes, sometimes that's a, that's a huge part of it. And that's a huge part of what I work with people on is, you know, getting your spiritual life in order, making sure you have a relationship with God, and he'll help you. He'll, he'll give you the means to overcome. You don't have to do it on your own. And you can have a support group, or you can have a therapist, or you can, you know, or you can go into treatment to professionals. So there, there's no reason a person can't overcome this at whatever level they are at, because it's such a prevalent problem that the resources have popped up all over the place. Right. The resources, but then also, like I said, those lesser powers, the demonic powers, the powers mm -hmm. of the world are also busy at work. Mm -hmm. The purveyors of porn are, are very predatory. Right. Uh, they, they know the IPs of the people that have been using it. They're sending them information, pop-ups and all that. They, they get them up at two or three o'clock in the morning. They get them while they're in a weakened state. People have to be educated to this. One person said, I want to have my counselor do more than just tell me to pray about it. And that's kind of where, you know, we oftentimes talk to you, Dr. Roy, because you've been a person who's professional and uh, in, in, the, in these fields, but also a person who's spiritually oriented as a Christian counselor to help people, not only with the power of God and his Holy Spirit, but also with techniques of uh, having support from peers, or a peer-like group and uh, of the church and, and of God himself. Yeah, I mean, I think praying is good. And, and you know, I, I oftentimes talk about proactive and reactive strategies. Proactive being, I, I, I tell the men that I've worked with, you know, you need to get up in the morning and put on your armor. You know, you need to put on your spiritual armor because you're going out into the world and, and you know, things are going to be coming at you. 
uh, if it's not pornography, then something else. Maybe somebody's flirting with you at the office or whatever. So that's a proactive, you know, uh, pray, uh, be in scripture, strengthen yourself with the word of God so that when the adversary or any other entity comes at you, then you've got the words, you've got the mental concepts to, to fight that. And then the reactive stuff is, okay, what do you do if you are tempted? What are the, you know, what can you do when you're depressed? You know, what's the strategy for dealing with depression? What's the strategy for dealing with loneliness? Let's find something else besides porn to, to address loneliness, um, anxiety, or whatever it might be. So, you know, that's, that, that's the treatment part of it is getting into those, those root causes and then finding ways of addressing those that doesn't require the person to, you know, seek something uh, that's very temporary and, and actually ends up adding more problems to what you're already dealing with. Okay, yes, and this is very good to hear. Also, I feel as part of those of us who are caring about people who have been trapped or enslaved by subjects like what we're talking about today, we need to also, once they're on their way, to be forgiving and, and not in any way uh, suggest back to them that they are weakened, but to help build them up. I saw a cartoon today. Don't tell me to get over it. Help me to get through it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and it, show, it showed a person trying to jump over a barbed wire fence. He says, get, help me to get through it, not over it. Yeah, that's right. That's good. I like that. So what else can we say? I've really appreciated being able to have this discussion. Hopefully it'll be helpful. Uh, what else can we say? Well, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a spouse and you're dealing with, you know, a person who is uh, struggling with this, um, you know, it's okay to, you know, set some boundaries or limits or have some expectations about what this person needs to do. Yes, it's, it, you know, it is like an adultery, but we, we do have this thing called forgiveness that forgive the person, but expect them to do something about it. It'd be like going out and having an affair over and over again. I mean, at some point, kind of like, well, you, you know, maybe you need to go find yourself a room to live in for, you know, a while and, and get over this if you want to be with me, if you want to be with your family. I mean, even if you, you might even, you know, the church might even at some point say, you know, this is getting out of control. You know, maybe you, you know, come back, have a plan of action that you're doing something about it. So I, I, I think uh, setting healthy boundaries, setting, you know, expectations, be supportive. And, and there's, you know, there's also in a lot of these places that I mentioned, they have groups for women. There are books for women, you know, how to how to deal with some of this. And women have their own support group because because there's a, a bunch of hurt uh, ladies out there who have husbands who have this problem. So they need support too. Dr. Roy Fouch, thank you so much for joining us today and speaking to us on The Cubic Report. Oh, it's always my pleasure. So we thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today on The Cubic Report. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let a friend know about the podcasts that we offer weekly. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pocket Caster, Podchaser, Podbean, and many, many more. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you have any questions or comments, please write to me at vcubic at gmail.com. That's vkubik at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.